0: Meg Z! Oh, hello. How are you? I'm good. Nice to hear your voice, sir. I'm telling (laughs) you, the listeners have been begging for you to come back on the show. (laughs) And they (laughs) asked me to pass this on to you. (laughs) A round of applause.
1: Oh, well, that's very flattering.
0: For all of the new listeners who we've picked up over the past four weeks, this is Meg's who is my son? And if you go back through the back catalogue, you'll often hear his wise voice coming out, um, talking about things that he barely knows about, really. Madonna, Kylie, <laughs> music. Lots of things, right?
1: I'm very wise. Very wise, like an owl.
0: You are. And you look a bit I'm like one as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I've That's right. You,
0: you stay up at night. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm definitely a night owl.
0: You tend to coo. When you're a little bit <laughs> frightened am i right yeah,
1: yeah. and when you mentioned the person you wanted me to talk about as
0: well i said who who you said I don't know who. <laughs> oh, that's right you did <laughs> because we're who. meant to be talking about troy savan and how troy on Sivan. earth you don't know who he is is like for example you mm. are partly south african but mainly australian he is exactly the same. He was raised in Perth. He's very oh. Australian. He's the hottest thing in pop right now. And he's Australian, but oh. he's got South African heritage. And he oh, looks a lovely. little bit like you too, you know.
1: Oh, maybe, maybe we're distantly related.
0: Uh, maybe. He's got your forehead. <laughs> he got the big yeah. South African forehead like, like you guys have. Haven't you yeah. heard I, I Feel the Rush? I feel the rush. I feel the rush. Addicted to your touch. Oh, I feel the rush. It's so good. It's so good. You know that? No, no, it
1: okay. doesn't ring oh, a bell.
0: Look, look, at the video. It's it's so on point. Like he is an absolute superstar. It's not what we're here to talk about, but I need hmm. listeners to go and look up Troy Savard to support an Australian artist for a start. But I promise you, you're onto a global emerging star. He's about to release his third album. Uh, he reminds yeah. me a little bit of, like, a much more modern and sophisticated <laughs> and hip Ollie Alexander. Sorry, oh. Ollie. Yeah. Ollie's right. a little bit like your old grandma would love Ollie sort of thing, that sort of entertainer. Your grandma wouldn't like Troy Sivan. <laughs> right,
2: right. Like, yeah. they'd look
0: at the TV and then they'd turn away with a little bit of, your nan, your nanny, mm-hmm. for example. She would, she'd look and she'd she'd turn away with, a slight look of disgust on her face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll know what I mean when you see the video clip.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I like the sound of him. You.
0: Now your sister corrected me on Troy Sivan, by the way. She doesn't she she does know who he is, but I was mm. singing I feel the rush addicted to your tush because I thought that's what it said. I feel the rush addicted to your tush, and that's what I've been doing for months. But she said that's not right.
1: What what's the actual line. Lyric. Addicted
0: to your touch. Oh,
1: yeah. And if right. you saw the
0: video clip, you'd understand it's not completely random. First of all, in pop, certain songs sound yeah like that, right? So we get that. Yeah. But if you saw the video clip, it basically is just three and a half minutes worth of tushes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I can see your confusion.
0: Some in jock straps, some in bikinis, some in little football shorts, some wedged right up some barely on at all mm-hmm. i mean that's why i'm confused so will you look it up
1: yeah yeah sure i'll, I'll do that it sounds he it sounds good
0: yeah no he is amazing he really is i'm i'm very proud of him he's a very humble guy or at least he's trying to be humble i think he genuinely is but he's learnt that uh megs why am i here you're wanting to teach me about something today
1: well yeah i i I love this new Doja Cat song, and and I think I have an interesting. Can I bit of just ask?
0: You're not it, doing this but, from a car, are you?
1: Well, how do you know that?
0: Is this for life of a uni student? Is it? You can't even afford to do a podcast. Can't even deign to find a room.
1: Well, there's there's people everywhere, and they'll, they'd be talking in the background. There's not in your
0: room. In the, it's in not in your room. room.
1: There's people in the room. This is a boy
0: who's leading. You're not even leading. You're off campus now. I was about to say you're leading the dorm life, but you're off campus now.
1: Yeah, well, share house life.
0: (sighs) Okay. Well, this is the first, I think, somebody podcasting from a car. But there you go. What are you, balancing the big, huge laptop in your lap?
1: No, no, it's comfortably next to me.
0: Is it really? It's a very
1: nice setup, actually. It's like a studio in here.
0: Is it really? Mm. It's actually Mm. really good. Mm. Oh, good, good, good. Maybe you should get some (laughs) Soundproofing in there might be helpful next time anyway what am i learning from you today
1: well there's there's something about doja cat's new track that i haven't seen anyone talking about although people probably are talking about it i probably just haven't looked hard enough but i i've been i've been talking about this for ages this this for ages this um devil slash satan theme she's been going for going for right she's been Um, going
0: for a devil slash satan thing well there's something you don't hear every day
1: yeah, well, so she had a tick she had TikTok and I was following it quite quite closely because um it was she's she's quite she's quite a funny lady, she's quite peculiar, and she would post like these strange TikToks like that sometimes I didn't even understand what they were and like and they were just so random. But then one day she just deleted all of her TikTok posts just like all at once. And and she changed her when she did that, she also changed her profile picture to like this scary image of like Satan of the devil
0: right
1: and this this was ages ago and and everyone was like what's what's she doing and and all like um Christian people got like up in arms about it saying like oh well she's a Satan worsh- worshiper and all this sort of stuff like fundamentalists got very upset and then but I knew that she would be it, it would be part of like an album or song promotion I knew that it was going to be like the build up to something and she was just adding a bit of mystery to it just in case
0: anyone on the planet but doesn't understand this concept of deleting everything from your socials you know just in case you're been hit on the head with a plank of wood it's nothing to do with wanting to go off the radar it's actually the opposite it's the ultimate look at me look at me look at me it's just pathetic actually but anyway mm. so then she relaunched with all this rubbish about satan and got all the rednecks upset and then what What's yeah the
1: pretty much that's what she was doing and she there were i read articles where she was saying like you know like these people that you know she, she was just she was trying to like provoke a reaction in them I think and it was like getting people all worked up like she's she's actually a satanist she's a satanist like all these fundamentalists so yeah um but like I was excited because I was like oh so this is the theme of whatever her next album's gonna be and I was exactly right and I'm so proud of myself because (laughs) because now (laughs) she's literally released this song paint the town red yes if you watch if you've watched the video clip have you watched the video clip
0: I sure have it's racked up about 25 million views already
1: yeah, which is pretty good. It's um, yeah. It's just you know, it, it's not exactly subtle. Or is that what anything? you'd say to
0: her if you met her? By the way, can I just <laughs> clarify that point? Doja Cat, she lands in Newcastle, Australia, and she's at the Waratah Mall, and you <laughs> happen to pass her. Would you reach out your hand, shake it, shake her hand, and say, "Yeah, twenty three, pretty good." <laughs> well, I mean, not too bad. Is, good effort. Yeah,
1: no, it, it is good. I, it was released. The, the video clip was uploaded like three weeks ago now, wasn't it? Something like that.
0: Paint the um, town red. Do you recommend people go and look at it?
1: Yeah, definitely. And just, yeah, the video clip, it's, its you know, trying to shock and its it's got all the, the Satan images. And and now she's also released a second song. And I was lucky enough, like I went onto YouTube and it was like Doja Cat released in my recommended. It was like um, there was a Doja Cat video clip. Right. And it had only been uploaded two hours ago, and it was this song called Demons. Right. So I, I watched this new song of hers, Demons, I think that's what it's called, um, before it even reached 300,000 views.
0: You're one of the first. There you go. So that's only been released very uh, not long ago.
1: Yeah, and it's like, Where's, where are my demons at? And it's a pretty, it's a pretty terrible song actually. I don't oh, like is
0: it really? It. Oh, okay. Yeah, Maybe it will grow awful. on you, though. Maybe it will grow on you. So, I take don't think so. Because Paint the Town Red, which is the one that you're talking about. Tell us about the song, because it's very laid
3: back.
1: Um, Yeah, it is laid back, actually. It's not, like, particularly upbeat. It's it's sort of cool. It's groovy. And um, and it's big on TikTok now. People are making dances to it. And the dances are surprisingly, like, up-tempo, actually. Like, they're quite fast, but they really work with it, even though it's quite a laid-back song.
0: Yeah, well, she's obviously got a big campaign coming out. she, she It's been a while. It's been at least a year since uh, Your Cat Lady has been on the scene, that's for sure. And now mm. she's back. And, look, for our regular listeners who are rolling their eyes and going, I'll never look that up because it's not produced by an ancient pop star, well, I'm asking you to go and do it. It's a really good track. Look, mm-hmm. this might get people in, Megs. Uh, I don't know if you remember... Or you wouldn't remember you weren't born, but I don't know if you know about Janet Jackson. Don't know what you've got till it's gone. She sampled um, a very famous line and turned it into a real funk song, I think, for Velvet Rope, and it was yes. fairly amazing. And this is exactly what Doja Cat's done because you know it's a, you know it's wrapped around a hook from a sample, a famous song, don't you?
1: Um, the t- paint in the town red is.
0: Oh, my goodness. I thought this was going to be about you educating me, but as usual, I have to be the father here. I'm going to – are you settled in, in that car? Are you reclined? Yeah, yeah. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, do you know yeah. who Dion Warwick is?
1: Um, No.
0: Okay. Um. All right, listeners, help me out here. Let's well, I know Warwick this. Davis. Do you? Warwick Davis. Right, yeah. He's your neighbour, isn't he? <laughs>
1: He's a comedian, British comedian.
0: A British comedian, yes. I'm sure he's very funny. One of the most famous comedians ever that came out of Britain had the surname of Carrot. And that was about as funny as he got. All right, no, <laughs> all right, let me try again. Bert Bacharach, do you know who he is? No. Oh, God, okay. This is really hard. It's should like- we terminate the Should we terminate the call? Hang on, all right. No. <clears throat> be patient, be calm. Bert Bacharach. Who only recently passed away in his nineties about six months ago I think he wrote so many practically all it's probably an exaggeration of the hits of the sixties mm.
4: um, right
0: he worked with Barbara Streisand he was a writing partner with Elvis Costello does that help Elvis Costello ring a bell no okay all right um scratch head scratch head oh God I feel like um the freak Out of Wentworth, I'm going to replan, replan, replan. What am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? Okay. All right. No. Dead men tell no tales. Uh, No. If you say enough names,
1: eventually I'll recognize one of them. I
0: know. I know. All right. So, all right. Bert Bacharach, let's go back to him. Um, He's worked with all of the best. Okay. And you will know nearly all of his songs, I would say. He wrote a song for Mm. Diane Warwick called Walk On By. Never heard walk of that. Walk on
1: by, walk on by.
0: Yeah, kind of, kind of. Uh,
4: <laughs> oh, this is so hard.
0: This is so hard. Um, is anyway, guy? I think you should just YouTube Walk On By. It's a yeah. very famous song. Then mm-hmm. some weird country singer went and sang it at, in front of Obama and Michelle Obama. Um, Right. Anyway, that's by the by. Point being, Walk On By is one of the most well-known songs from the 60s. Mm-hmm. Dion Warwick recorded it, but Bacharach wrote it, and now Doja Cat, who you're trying to tell me this oh. is a great song, Paint the Town Red, and it is, by the way, it's a great song. Yeah. It is all wrapped around that, much in the same way, that oh. you don't know what you've got till it's gone by Janet Jackson, wrapped around uh, a sample from around the same era.
1: Oh, that's really interesting, Dad, because she actually does that a lot, Doja Cat. Like, there's this mm-hmm. other song called Freak that she's got, um, which samples this oldies song, um, uh, Put Your Head on My Shoulder. Right. It's, it's like, put your head on my shoulder. And she, she samples that in Freak. It's literally at the beginning of the song. And then the beat of the whole song is hip hop, but it uses that, that like melody right. throughout the whole song. So, she, I think she likes doing that. There's a few other examples of her doing that as well. Well, for Doja
0: Cat, so- it's not just a. In this case, we've painted the town red. It's not just a like a, um, a, a sample. It's a homage, like it's the mm. the black mm-hmm. empowerment. I mean, Dionne Warwick was everything. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, she was a trailblazer. So she play, she's she's pl- <laughs> she's paying homage mm-hmm. to Dionne.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh well, that's really cool. So, but so, is there?
0: It's a particular melody in the song, is it? uh Practically the whole thing, except for Doja Cat going, "Your money, your money, your money, your money, your money, your money, your money." <laughs> besides yes, that, look, the rest that's of it the same. is beyond yes, words. The
1: same as Freak, yes. It, it's like besides like what she's done with it, it's the same exact base.
0: The hmm. star of that video clip, Megs, is her enormous breasts and her enormous ass.
1: yeah yeah definitely it's a lot of things like that um but and the the lyrics are really interesting like uh, i should have i should have got them ready in front of me but um i like one of the lines as well she's like i look better with no hair because a lot of people made fun of her for like shaving all her hair off as well
0: yes and she's wearing a lot of wigs in this but there is a there are a few scenes (laughs) where she's maintained at least half a bald head Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah. yeah. Look, as usual, you know, I, I don't – I love Your Cat Lady. I really do. I think she's produced some of the best music over the past five years. But mm. And I do like her personality too. However, she does this thing that your young generation of pop stars do. They create fictitious enemies. Haters never hate. Like, Taylor's really good at it. Everyone's everyone's a victim and, and there's these other people out there, God knows who, who are out to get you and tear you down. Madonna does it too, big time. Like – like, mm. fight the power, fight the people, don't let the haters hate. And it's like, when you actually drill down and go, well, who are these fictitious people that you're scaring everyone about? They don't exist.
1: But celebrities but celebrities do deal with a lot of, like, ha- like people that, that would hate on them. And she probably gets, like, all angry mail and stuff. Like, I don't know. I feel like most celebrities would deal with that. And so it's just a message to them. She makes an art form out of um, sort of hitting back. It's, it's great.
0: Yeah, hitting back at mythical creatures, exactly. And, and it's been a theme, Megs, on this show for the past month, and I'm not getting much support, so you're, I'm completely in the minority, where I just think this idea that – I mean, for example, we had a wonderful man on our show not long ago talking about all the sexism and the ageism that Kylie has faced throughout her career – but mm-hmm. when you look at it, the woman is has never been bigger, n- never been greater, never been more popular, never been more successful. She's barely had a lull in her career. Well, by anyone else's standards, they wouldn't be considered lulls. And yet we're still determined to say that she survived all this despite the sexism and the ageism. Come on, give me a break. Yeah. There is no systemic stuff. It's all business. The comparison I make, and I'll, then I'll finish, poor Megs. He's going, here he goes, here he goes. Um, the comparison I'd make is a children's clothing shop is not discriminating when it doesn't stock big girls' blouses for adult women, okay? It's business. The radio stations are allowed to play what they want to play. Have I gone off topic? By the way, we were talking about Doja Cat's Paint Town Red, and then we were talking <laughs> about mythical creatures and big boobs. No, it's
1: I can't remember fine. How we got here. Pendants are good.
0: Mm, mm, but, thank you. But you've heard this yeah. one before, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> all right, Megs, it's been great having you on the show. Well, and for all those listeners that have been looking forward to hearing your voice again, well, consider yourself duly satisfied now.
1: Mm-hmm, yes. And and can I um, leave with also recommending um, Charlie Puth's new song, um, Lipstick. Uh, lipstick.
0: Oh, Megs, it's not up to much.
1: I like it. I think it's great.
0: Oh, it just and sounds it, like he's sort of s- taken snippets of all his other stuff and glued it together in a very boring way.
1: Yeah, it does sound very similar to his other stuff. I think it particularly sounds similar to um, his other song, Girlfriend.
0: Yes, it does. It's got the same.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. I you like know. it. I... How
0: many songs does the universe need about lipstick on people's collars? I mean, get over it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just a very sort of, I don't know. It's a good song.
0: Anyway, look, here's the thing. Our listeners have now had a healthy bowl of Megs. So Yay. they're very happy now. And for those of you who have never met Megs, because there's a lot of new listeners, Megs, over the past four weeks, this is Megs, my son, who creates makeshift studios out of very old and probably <laughs> unsafe vehicles.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. It's it's surprisingly good. It's great. Like I'm just watching I can watch the traffic go past as I talk to you.
0: Sounds like a wonderful, wonderful life. Thanks, well
1: insulated. Mm -hmm. Thank you. you. Yes, thank you, thank you for having me. Yes, and everyone should go listen, listen to tension.
0: Coming to you from the mountain fortress of pop culture. You're listening to Time to Talk. It's a little strange, it's a little bizarre, it's slightly off the wall, but it just might work. What is it, Dorothy? Well, hello, and welcome to the Fortress of Pop Culture. I'm Tim. How's your week been? Has it been Kylie-tastic? And tell me, are you one of those funny little latecomers who thought tension was mm, fairly mediocre at first? But possibly now you've come to realise that it's perfection. It truly is such a cracker of a song. So keep listening. As always, you and I are going to put all the pressures of the world aside just for a little while as we dive into what we love the most. Sweet, sweet entertainment. Close your phone Turn things off. Do something you haven't done in ages. Concentrate on one thing at a time. Just tune in and relax. Today, we're going to be hearing from a bunch of people who have very, very sore feet. Now, don't panic. This isn't a podiatrist's convention or anything like that. We're just going to find out what it was like to meet Danny Minogue in the flesh. We're also delivering you some additional evidence, just in case you needed it, that Kylie is hot property, and possibly even hotter than you might have realised. She's broken the internet once again. You probably know she's doing the audience with TV show again fairly soon. I was surprised to learn that that is actually being staged at the Royal Albert Hall, unlike The first time she did it. And the online queue for this event was insane. Did you manage to get tickets? Thousands and thousands didn't. If you're a huge Madonna fan, make sure you listen to our next episode. It's all about the Queen and her impending tour. How exciting. It's just weeks away now. And listen, do you like Prince? Back in the day, he released an album that was specifically designed to hook you and I into his kingdom. He'd been known for music that was a little bit aggressive, a little bit rock. But there was this pressure, after a bit of commercial failure, to go a bit more mainstream. Now, I didn't know any of this at the time, but it actually makes perfect sense. Because in the early 90s, he just blew up the pop world with Diamonds and Pearls. And someone like me who hadn't been hmm, particularly interested in Prince, like I liked him, and obviously some of his songs absolutely adored, but wasn't following him. But people like me, and you I believe, started paying attention. Now that little gem, Diamonds and Pearls, the album, which by the way... It's a bit of a favorite of our kylie It's about to be re-released in a mega deluxe fashion. We are speaking all things Diamonds and Pearls shortly. Now you listened in last week when we went tension crazy and I really do want you to know that I am so incredibly grateful to everyone who sends messages and leaves comments and thumbs up and when you rate this show, it keeps it free, but I particularly love that interaction, lots of you sending your messages through after the last episode, and you all just went off. The feedback for the video tension, and of course for song, it was loud, and it was divided. I'm handing it over to you now, Kim. Well, you and the Star of Dynasty.
3: Hello, this is Kim from Finland again. So I was just listening to your tension episode. And, of course, in my headphones, as you pointed out so politely, (laughs) I always listen to podcasts when I'm walking my dog. Whose name, by the way, is Blake Carrington. If you get it, you get it. Yeah. So I have some mixed emotions. I sort of like this song, but I don't love it and probably mainly because I can't sing along to it. It's like, I don't get the words really. And also the video, there are so many references that I, as a Scandinavian, shout out to Nathan. I'm single, so call me. Um, So maybe I don't get the references, but um, Kylie looks stunning. She looks, I, I always love this when a woman is like a natural beauty. And she is. I love Kylie, don't get me wrong. But I'm not really into tension. It's good, but... Um, and it's playing in my head. So it's obviously a hit song. But I don't love it. And... All the best to you. See you later. I'll be back. Bye.
5: Whenever I listen to Tim and his panel of guests, my toes begin to curl, and I feel just the right amount of tingling all over my aching body. Now let's get back to the show. Oh. <laughs> ah,
0: Nathan, how are you? I'm all good, thanks. How are you? you're not so good, are you? And look, the phone just started pinging and pinging and pinging and I kept getting this screenshot, the same screenshot from multiple people and I was like distracted. I was actually working, so I was just looking at it going, what the devil is that? And then eventually I worked out all these people were in the queue. What were they in the queue for, Nathan?
6: Well, they were in the queue to go and get a ticket for um, an audience with Kylie at the Royal Albert Hall. It was... Mm-hmm absolutely hectic i think what i could see there were about 9000 people in the queue all together um mm-hmm. so i was about 6000 um
0: <laughs> Hope was lost at that point already. You were literally six and a half or eight thousand, even in the queue. What was no, it? No, I think I was seven thousand when I started. Yeah, I was seven thousand, right?
6: Six thousand eight hundred in the queue when I started, and there was about nine, ten thousand in the queue, something like that. Now, um, just
0: minutes ago, though, what popped up on your screen?
6: <laughs> the pre sale has now ended. And we won't be getting a ticket. (laughs) What's even more unfortunate, though, is I know somebody who was number 80 in the queue when that pop-up came up.
0: Number what? 80? 80. Number 80 in the queue. (gasps) That's so sad. Oh, that's... Yeah. Well, look, it's sad for all of you. I mean, you're right. Apparently, you've told me the Royal Albert Hall has a capacity of, what, 12,000 or so. But we need to adjust that for the celebrity component, which would be quite significant, I'd imagine. So yeah, the leftovers so. for the plebs like us wouldn't be that. I would much. think
6: eight nine thousand tickets are going to be sold, and the, mm-hmm. the the bottom area of the Royal Albert Hall is going to be quite um, sparse of people. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's a real shame. But the the only thing that I can hope, and I genuinely mean this, is that like I've been very fortunate. When when it comes to Kylie, I've I've been very very fortunate. I've gone to so many of her events. I've won tickets to things. You know, I've I've done these things. I just hope that the tickets that I didn't get today have gone to somebody who wanted
0: to go to all oh, the things that I've don't been Don't say to. something so sweet. You're breaking my well, heart. It's true
6: though. I do. I hope that. Oh, I really that's, hope that's that. So I'd be lovely. gutted. I know yeah. I'd be gutted to know that my, that these tickets that we've all been trying to get have gone to somebody who maybe doesn't want to go to all of these events and just wants to go because it's an audience with or anything like that. I just mm. hope it's, they've gone to the right make A mega fan,
0: right? That is all yeah. I'm bothered about. Wow. Well, that is a very sweet sentiment. <laughs> um, I've got to <laughs> and say, I mean it, really I mean is. It. Uh, well, good, for, good for you. And but look, is is the fight over? Because that was a pre sale, and then y- you were telling me this extraordinary thing that well, to, ridiculous. To, yeah, to go into the the next sale of tickets. Yeah. So
6: the next pre sale is the Friends of the Royal Albert Hall pre sale. I, I don't think I'll be doing it.
0: I mean, I could. I, I, I'm thinking. Yeah, but about tell it, but us what that involves, because I was a bit um, floored so you by have it. to
6: you have to actually pay for a membership i think it's about 45 pounds um and it's like an annual membership of the royal albert hall so you get access to pre-sales um at specifically the royal albert hall for the rest of the year or whatever um and yeah so that 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 membership is 45 pounds just for the the privilege of sitting in this queue so what's the opposite? If you're an enemy of the Royal
0: Albert Hall, <laughs> if you're an enemy
6: of the Royal Albert Hall, you <laughs> You can't go in. You're, you're
0: not going into that pre-sale. Yeah, <laughs> forty-five pounds. Which th- the thing is, that's like I think around ninety or more Australian dollars for those of you who are converting. Mm. I have. Do you know what it is in US for those US listeners?
6: Oh, I would guess about.
0: Um, sixty dollars, maybe sixty-five dollars, something like that. So it's it's not small. It's not chicken feed, and so and that doesn't even if you elected to do that. If you could afford it, it, you're still not guaranteed a ticket. Just let oh, you, no, you,
6: you just get the into the queue just again and seeing if you get one. Yeah, so.
0: <laughs> so that's a hard decision to be honest for a lot of people to make. To, to I, w- I
6: would do it normally. I would uh, normally I would just I would just be like, oh, I don't care and I just do it. But I am trying to be like a bit more money conscious at the moment because I'm saving for a house and stuff. Which unfortunately, buying a house does have to sometimes come before Kylie. Like it's yeah. very rare. <laughs> but when it comes to paying £45 for the privilege of queuing, that's where I'm drawing the line. If if that if this audience with ticket was £200, I would have bought it. I, I think they were actually quite cheap. Um, I, from what I can gather, the better tickets of, of the lot were £120, which I actually think is really
0: reasonable considering mm. what kind of an event it is. In Vegas, she crashed the computer systems multiple times. Absolutely. And now at the Royal Albert Hall on the opposite side of the planet, she has crashed the system. I couldn't believe the numbers when I finally realized they were there at the top of all. Th- thank you, by the way, to everyone who sent me screenshots. And I apologize that I didn't reply to all of you. I didn't know why you were sending me this spam all at once. I should have realized something was going down. Uh, something but was all going on in the on, queue. Yeah. I was preparing for bed. I was putting my my dressing gown and my slippers on and doing a little bit of work and ping, ping, ping. So thank you for all those people that were letting me know. Um, But what staggered me was that number of people in the queue. We have the evidence of it. Thousands and thousands of people to see Kylie... At the age of 55, like, she is you know,
6: You know, though, Tim, that's not that surprising to me. Um, it really isn't. It, th- that is quite a, a common occurrence with Kylie. It really is. People people take getting tickets to go and see Kylie really seriously.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> 9, I, I 000, agree. That,
6: that, that's pretty much
0: what I'd, I'd anticipated, to be honest. Yeah, wow, okay. Well, especially now, while she's a hot commodity. But, look, Absolutely. And, and I'm not saying it's ever easy to get Kylie tickets, but for golden... Yeah, rang up, got the tickets, pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. X, pretty much, because she'll add the show after the show. But at the, at the moment, like it is a privilege to get your hands on tickets to see Kylie at this stage of her career. It is such absolutely. A, The silver lining is, this is an incredible era.
6: Like one of her absolute career pinnacle moments, which Padam was, as, as, as much as it may not have looked at in terms of statistics, it absolutely has been one of like her career absolute pukes. huge i think the amount that she had stacked against her to push the way that she's pushed and to actually get put down into the mainstream is incredible
0: nathan i'm really sorry you missed out on your tickets oh, it's
6: okay don't you worry about it you sound a bit <laughs> sad i am i am sad but like i say as long as i go into the right people i'll get over it. it it is what it is thank you for sharing with us but no 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 worries anytime it was lovely talking to you tim
3: sometimes amateurs know best and a lack of professionalism is all you'll hear on the time to talk show join tim and his panel of guests as they wade their way through a range of news music and pop culture treats time to talk the show hosted by amateurs for unprofessional listeners
2: There are three things I love in this world. Kylie Minogue. Small dimples. Just above a woman's buttocks. Beautiful features. And the fear in a man's eye who knows I'm about to hurt him.
0: Well, if you can believe it, it has been twenty years since Danny Minogue released her fourth and potentially best studio album, Neon Lights. And look, she celebrated it in style with a signing at the Rough Trade East Record Store in England. I don't know if it's in London or not. Forgive me. I think it is in London, though. People were queuing around the block, my friends. And there would have been even more people there if they hadn't done a bit of a a ticket sale. I think they did. So you had to get tickets to actually win the chance or to earn the chance to be in this queue that went all around the block. Hours of waiting. But as you're about to hear... People didn't mind. It was all worth it. And she was every bit the star, the gracious star, I should say, by the sound of it. For those of us who've been around for the long haul, we know that it took Danny a bloody long time to find her own identity. And we're so glad that she has. And in my personal view, I don't think she truly found that identity until she had a child. In fact, if we go back to her autobiography, uh, My Story, I think it was called, Have a listen to this. I found myself facing a barrage of unflattering press coverage, bad record sales, and most hurtful of all, mean, unfavourable comparisons to Kylie. Only a year or so before I'd been voted the world's best female pop star in one magazine, and now, in smash hits, the readers had voted me the worst female artist of the year. After that disappointing chart position of This Is The Way, MCA, Decided that they no longer wanted me on their roster. And in another part of the book, Danny talks about those comparisons once again. She writes that the press were all over Danny's fashion faux pas and Kylie's triumphs. Hey, isn't Kylie bloody fabulous, everyone? And isn't Danny tragic? I can tell you, it's not easy to be publicly pitted against someone that you love and admire. It hurts. The truth of the matter is that I never felt like I was competing with my sister, and I'll say it again. I never felt like I was competing with Kylie. I just wanted everything I did to be the absolute best it could be. And then, dot, 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 it wasn't because I hated her and felt jealousy towards her. It was the opposite, in fact. I was always the first one Kylie would excitedly play her new recordings to for an honest opinion, and she'd always invite me down to the dress runs of her concert tours, knowing that she'd get a candid critique from me. The truth is, I am, and always have been, so very proud of Kylie, and she is of me. I think all the Danny bashing headlines often hurt Kylie more than they hurt me. So listen, with all of that history... And many of you share that history with Danny. I do. Lining up around the block to meet her and to have your copy of Neon Lights autographed, signed, and hopefully to exchange a bit of a chat with her, uh, it's pretty special. And it was pretty special for Grace, Sarah, Barry, and Mark, who you're all about to hear from. This is what it was like queuing up to meet Danny Minogue.
5: My name's Grace, I'm from South East London and uh, I met Danny Minogue yesterday at her Neon Knights 20th anniversary signing. It was really fun. Um, the queue experience was not as fun as I would have liked it to be as, I, you know, we were standing for a very long time, but um, yeah, we queued all around the block of the building for four hours um, until it was our group's turn actually well I mean I wasn't in a group I went by myself but you went in in groups but um yeah I bought in um a, a drawing that I had done of her um because I, I not to sign I just wanted to give it to her um but I'd worked kind of hard on that so <laughs> I was like I would like her to have that and to see it and to know that I'd done it. So, um, uh, yeah, I got my LP uh, when I got into the building and uh could see it from a distance. I was, like, really excited. Um, and then uh, when it got to my turn, you give your phone to the person there who will take loads of pictures for you. Um, and I gave her the LP to sign and then I also gave her... Uh, my drawing, and, uh, she said she loved it, um, and then she asked if I knew about the, the TV show, the, uh, like, Portrait Artist of the Year show, um, I said I was familiar with it, and, uh, I think because she was on that once, and, um, she, she asked, uh, she, well, she told me I should be on it, which was very flattering, um, and she signed my, uh, LP, and she, uh, she, she was like wait do you want me to sign this picture for you as well I was like no that's for you to keep and uh she was like oh good <laughs> um she said that she was gonna have it framed and I said oh <laughs> I was like super flattered I didn't really know what to say um it was very sweet of her and uh I said, oh, I wrote my socials on the back, like my Insta. I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> I don't know, in she wants to tag me in it. Um, if she ever posts anything about it, which would be like a dream come true. Um, but yeah, no, I had so much fun. Uh, everyone was very nice. Um, we also got to write in her little book that she, um, I, I think, so there was a drag queen there called... Uh, Just May, who, um, who was, uh, on Drag Race, uh, actually the UK version and, uh, uh, she went around the block, like, uh, down the queue in heels that she'd been in since like 1pm, which I couldn't understand because my feet ached after like an hour and, um, Yeah, she brought around the book and we all signed it and put a little message in there for her. I said about how uh, I basically just thanking her for her music being an escape for me Um, and saying that she was like she's always been in my memories ever since I was a kid. Because, I mean, her girl album came out uh, the year before I was born, I think the the year of when I was born so uh yeah I and like you know, she was on X Factor when I was a kid and so I I've she's always been in my memories and I've loved both the Menogs. So <laughs> uh, I mean I'm seeing Kylie in Vegas in January, so um I'm very stoked about that. Uh but yeah, no my experience meeting Danny was was great. Um she i uh, is the most flawless human being i think i've ever seen in the flesh like she looked me in the eye and i didn't know what to like I, like my brain melted because she's got these like piercing blue eyes they're like slightly green but they you know how like when you look into someone's eyes they've got like lines in their irises but she she is like just pure ocean blue eyes um that just like pierce into your soul. And, like, she looked me dead in the eye. And I was like, I don't know what to say. (laughs) Um, She's extremely beautiful. Um, And I showed a picture um, of us two, like, because obviously they took a picture of uh, me and her holding up the album and also my drawing. um, And uh, I showed my my picture to my mum. And she went, she looks younger than you. I was like yeah <laughs> i mean it's so true uh and i said she's 50 and she went no she's not i was like yeah she is um but yeah like I, I she's the sweetest she's so sweet um she hadn't gotten up for a break the entire time um which i found insane uh someone had told us that in the line uh, like someone that she worked with i guess um at the rough trade east Uh, where the signing was taking place and uh, I was like, how is her hand not crammed up? But no, she, she fully like people were taking the mic as well with the amount of things they'd brought for her to sign. And, um, I, I was a bit, she's that sweet. She will just sign it all. Um, very humble, very, very nice. Um, actually took time to, you know, talk to us and not just, you know, sign it and then you walk away. Um, she's also so tiny like her oh my god like i felt like a fuck i felt like a giant next to her um even though she was sitting she's she's extremely very small um no wonder she is she has to come out of the petite range but yeah no i had a really fun time um even though my feet are still killing me um And yeah, I will cherish that LP and the fact that she loved my drawing forever. Um, If she does frame it, then that would be so so amazing like to think that she did. Um, So yeah, that was my time.
4: My name's Mark and I'm from Leamington Spa in the UK. And I got to meet Danny at the Mm record signing at Rough Trade in London. It was... Really great experience, apart from the long wait outside, but once we got in and you saw Danny, everything just faded away. I told her how great I thought her music was, thought was now I've been listening to it for quite a long time. And uh, she just looked amazing and she was really nice and, you know, it was a very good experience. My name's Barry notecart and on Saturday, 2nd of September, I travelled from just outside Southampton in the UK to meet Danny Manoog at Rough Trade East in London. It took me three hours to get there. Um, and I queued for about four and a half hours. And I met her for about a minute and a half. Um, she was lovely. It was brilliant. And... Um, by the time I got there, I was about halfway in the queue and it was a massive queue going all the way around the road. Just around, um, It seemed like there were way more than 300 people um, that the tickets were allocated. Um, after about two and a half hours, somebody came round and said that we could only have two items signed. Um, and I'd bought quite a few things, really wanted something old, um, but I was going there with a view of getting my Neon knight's pitch disc signed, and I needed to get one for my best friend as well, so I ultimately decided I would get mine signed and his signed, because he always gets me things signed whenever he goes anywhere for um, people that I can't attend, so I, I did a nice thing. It was a lovely day quite warm danny was amazing really friendly she looked quite tired by the time i got to her and i can't imagine how much longer it went on for after i had had my stuff signed um i then had to travel on to oxford um to see friends but um and i was in the queue waiting for her longer than it took for me to travel from southampton um, to London, and then from London, to Oxford.
7: Hi, my name is Sarah, and I am from Bradford in England. Um, yesterday, I had the fantastic opportunity to meet Danny Minogue at a signing in London with 300 fans. What an amazing experience. I managed to share some childhood memories with her about dancing to success and loving kisses and entering talent competitions. Um, I told her that we'd made lots of friends out in the queue, um, which was amazing and she thought that was absolutely brilliant. But I think in general, it was just absolutely amazing to have your one of your childhood idols in front of you and to share those precious memories as a little girl and then obviously growing up through the different eras. It was just really lovely to actually be able to stand there and talk to her and just tell her how much we love her. So I have always been a massive fan and I am a team Minogue through and through, both with her and Kylie. And I want Danny to understand how much we love her in the UK. Um, so much love in that queue yesterday and I've come home with my two LPs signed from when I was younger um, as well as the fantastic pitch disc that she's released for the 20th anniversary of the album um, as well as I feel a good few new friends um, but I also caught up with a lot of other fans that I've not seen for a while um, when we've been to various other events and it was just a lovely experience um, to share with everybody as well as learn about everyone else's memories. Um, we also um, got asked to write our memories in a book. So Danny had sent a book out into the crowd, and we all wrote our personal memories. So I do hope she enjoys reading those, because um, we definitely put thought into what we were writing. Um, and once again, it was just, it was a lovely touch um, to know that um, she would take those memories away with her. So thank you very much, Danny, for giving us the opportunity um, to meet you. And we hope to see you very soon with new music and new earrings on the QVC range because I've loved the jewellery. Thank you very much. Um, See you later. Bye.
0: They were pretty special stories, right? Uh, Amazingly personal. And obviously meeting Danny was well worth the wait for our grace sarah barry and mark thank you so much for sharing those stories and danny minogue you truly are a warrior you've hung in there for all of these years come back make some great music again make a whole album you're listening to time to talk
2: tell us how long have you been a prince fan Oh man, I've been a Prince fan since, uh, I want to say the age of seven. Really? Ironically, seven. <laughs> I'm surprised you were allowed to watch it at the age of seven.
0: He's a bit saucy.
2: Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. My my parents took me to the, to the drive-in to actually see Purple Rain. That was uh, 1984, so that's when I was more, ex- became exposed to him, you know, a little bit more, yeah.
0: What a way to get inducted into the Prince world, right? Drive-in, Purple Rain.
2: Yep. That's, yeah, that's pretty amazing. nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was it about him, do you reckon, that grabbed your attention? Oh, man. Um, well, you know what? Because I was so young, I think um, it was more so the performances that resonated with me. But there there was a few things in the movie, and I, I don't really want this to get too deep, but there was a few things in the movie um, that stood out, and that was because my mom was actually – she was in a relationship um at the time that was abusive at times and so that was something that was happening in the movie you know so yeah and it was and, talking to you yeah yeah definitely yeah so i saw that and yeah then there was a situation with a gun and you know so yeah it's pretty um so th- those were a few things about it you know that uh resonated with me as well besides the music you know but i was just super young you know
0: Tori, we're here to talk about uh, Diamonds and Pearls, the album, which I absolutely love and I don't know too much about and I deliberately haven't looked it up because a super fan like you will be able to educate me. But just, uh, I'm always interested in fan communities when their idol is either in ill health or going through some sort of scandal or distress Mm. or, of course, when they pass away unexpectedly too. That. That must have been a terrible shock to you when that happened.
2: Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, it definitely was. Um, Yeah, I I remember like it was yesterday. I really do. And it was really tough. You know, I at first I didn't know I I had gotten a a text from a friend of mine who asked, you know, she said that she'd heard that there was a um, fatality at Paisley Park. And, um, you know, that was the first thing I think that came up on TMZ that, you know, there was a fatality. And so but they didn't say who it was at that time. Mm, mm. So, yeah. So then um, I sort of just kind of waited around. I was trying to reach out to people that I knew to see if they heard something. Nobody knew anything at that time. And then we just kind of, you know, we waited a few more minutes. And then it, um, then it came up on TMZ that it was Prince. And, but there was so much going on, you know, (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was, it was crazy that day, you know, and I I didn't want to believe it. So Mm. I had actually called my mom. She was out and um, of course, you know, um, not we don't have stereos like that in the house anymore. So it's just everything's like either on the computer or you know you have like your own like I have a, I'm a DJ so I have a DJ mixer board and everything. So I, I wasn't able to really like turn on a radio. So I called my mom and I asked her. I said, you know, where are you? And she's like, I'm you know on my way home. And I'm like, can you turn on the radio? And so she turned it on and she's like, yeah, she's like there's Prince playing. And I said, okay. And I said, well, can you turn to another station? And she said it was Prince again. And I, she was like, mm. what's going on? And I said, well, they're reporting that he had passed away. So, yeah. So it was it was just downhill from there, you
0: know, for me. I yeah. can't imagine what a shock that would be. I mean, but there were some warning signs. If I recall properly, and maybe I'm not, there was mm-hmm. a plane that had to be turned around because of a medical emergency not long before he passed. Is that
2: right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. He had actually uh, just played uh, Atlanta, 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 Georgia. He played the Fox theater. And I believe that might've been the 16th, April 16th. I'm not sure if it was April 16th. I think he had a date on the 14th, but he can't, well, he postponed it to the 16th because he was sick. And then after he did the show on the 16th, I believe there were two shows. um, And then afterwards he hopped on a plane I did hear there was supposed to be an after party, but there then it wasn't. So he hopped on a plane and I apparently he went unconscious um on the plane and they were near Mal- I think it's um M- Malene, uh, Illinois, which is kind of like I think a suburb of Chicago. And yeah, and they had to do an emergency plane landing there.
0: All these years later, do fans know why he passed away? Because when I read the internet which is a dangerous thing tori mm-hmm. um hiv um broken oh. hip uh like lots of bone fractures so he was on high
2: levels of pain medication that's what i'm reading w- what's the truth well um <laughs> well i mean according to the reports like from the uh toxicology reports is that you know he passed away from an uh, accidental overdose of fentanyl and uh They said that it was so much fentanyl in his system that it was enough to kill like eight elephants. Wow! And you know he was already a small guy. You know I think he's like five two and one hundred and twelve pounds at the time of his passing. Mm. So um, that's what was reported. But a lot of fans, there, a a lot of us are divided because we, you have some that believe that hey, you know, there was a problem where he was, uh, you know, dealing with a lot of pain and then he got addicted to painkillers and then somehow that led to his. Addiction, not. Uh, I guess, yeah, the addiction going into like the the overdose with fentanyl. But then you there have were
0: paparazzi photos. It's yeah. all coming back to me now. There were paparazzi photos of him leaving a pharmacy with a little mm-hmm. swag of. Well, we don't know what was in the bag, but yeah. that added to the speculation, I suppose. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. Th- there was a lot of yeah. There was video, like you said, he was actually had went to a doctor's appointment, um, and then he had some blood work done, and I think he was dehydrated. So they hooked him up to an IV and um, then he went on about his way. And then I think what happened was um, his assistant, uh, Kirk Johnson, was the person that actually went to the Walgreens to pick up the medication. And but, you know, from what's being said is that, you know, Kirk dropped him off at Paisley Park and then that was the last time he saw him until the morning when they discovered him. But, you know, there's a whole lot of talk about, you know, like, you know, it being, it was ruled a homicide, but there's still also a lot of talk about, you know, he actually being, it was a setup. Oh, conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. Because In the
0: fan community, because that's who I trust the most, because they do the most research. They often don't reach the right conclusion, but they've done their research. You said it's divided in the fan Mm -hmm. community about how
2: he came to pass. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah, there's a young lady that actually, she's, um, she does a lot of videos on YouTube where she breaks down all of the um, the investigation reports and how it was a pretty much a botched um, investigation with the police. And then all of the things there were so many inconsistencies, you know, about how he you know, passed away. And it was just so many different things that were like it was unlike Prince, you know, like there were talk about, you know, him not taking the elevator in Paisley Park, but they found him in the elevator, uh-huh. you know, dead. And then, of course he was his clothes were were inside out and then they said there were pills all over the place and so it just were inside out when they found yeah yeah that was actually in the investigation files too yep what's that about i I can't even speculate what why would his clothes be inside out well for people that do believe in the conspiracy thing they tend to think that's a form of humiliation and prince was extremely private and you know he took on warner brothers you know for many years and they just tend to think somebody you know is had it out for him Hmm. and that's how it happened yeah is
0: there anything that we know for sure for example this idea that he would wear these massive platform shoes jump off pianos during performances and he went all out in his live performances i saw him a few times yeah most definitely and that he was every time he did that he was adding little micro fractures to bones and everywhere in his hips in his joints and is that confirmed or is that
2: just speculation as well well, yeah, he actually, he did have to have a, um, a hip surgery. I believe it was a, a partial hip replacement. And oh, I, wow. I don't remember what year that was, but um, I think it was like around, I'm not sure it had to be like somewhere around, bef- maybe around after musicology, I believe it might've been. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, There there was a lot of talk about that. And I can imagine that he did have like a lot of wear and tear on his hips. And, you know, the fact that he wore heels all the time because he did it. So he started later on, you know, exchanging the, the heels for like um, platform shoes, right? You know, the thicker soles, yeah. So I believe that he, I believe he was in a lot of pain, yeah. But I, I don't necessarily believe the attic, you know, um, scenario though. That's and just my odd, first
0: opinion. Sorry for being so voy- voyeuristic. I've just realized I've fallen into that trap. <laughs> the, <laughs> <I> but, <understand. laughs> but the HIV, you know, where, where does that come from? And is that just absolute rot or is it, is there some truth? To Possible yeah. truth to it?
2: I don't believe. I don't believe there was HIV. I, I don't. I don't. um The only thing that, and I don't know any of this uh, to be fact, but the only thing I could think of is that it could have been cancer, because if you were following him, you know, like year by year, when uh, he released Artificial Age in twenty fourteen, he performed on Saturday Night Live here in the states, and then um, a lot of people were questioning the way he looked. And then, of course, he appeared on American um, Music Awards and he looked really frail and he didn't look like himself. Mm. So then it just seemed like he was just deteriorating, you know? So we really didn't know, but everyone was talking about it, that he just looked different. But it happened rapidly. It, it really did happen rapidly. So he looked unwell before he passed. Yes. He did, it, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Wow, it is sad, isn't it? And uh, it must be frustrating for fans not to know. I don't know what, yeah. why it's important. But if I, I'm a fan of many, many celebrities and singers and musicians. There's a comfort in knowing what happened, I suppose. And you guys don't, and maybe never will.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and uh, with the laws in in Minneapolis, well, Minnesota, the state, um, they won't let anyone, be, it's it's uh, sealed and it won't be open until like maybe 30 years from now. So a lot of the the core fan base is going to be, you know, a lot older. Some of us may not be here, you know, so we may never know. Wow.
4: 30 yeah.
0: years. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Listen, he was an enigma in life. Prince seems as mysterious in death as he was in life.
2: Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the only, that, yeah, that, I can't even speak on it. <laughs> it's the truth That's the way it happened, you know, it's just like, you know, um the same way he lived his life, you know, not not so open, but um I will say that like even when he passed away, th- I mean there were photos that leaked of him like you said in the elevator and you know, it's, to me it was just kind of odd because there hadn't been a lot of other celebrities that we, you know, at least to my knowledge, you know, didn't see, you know, um their their death photos being, you know, posted on mm. online like that. Mm. So that was kind of weird too. Who was he? You know, I, I've got a good take on most of the celebrities.
0: Like they have the the outer crust, which is the the celebrity they present to the world. And you can dig away if you're a super fan and find out pretty much who they were as a private person. Prince, I've got absolutely no take at all. I can't work <laughs> out. who He was eccentric. That's the only thing I can think. Yeah. Who was, was Prince?
2: Well, I mean, he, he was a he was a a musical genius, that's for sure. I mean, he self-taught, he taught taught himself how to play 27, you know, instruments um, by ear, you know, because his dad left a piano at home and he taught himself how how to play. Um, You know, he was also a son and, you know, he was a a brother. He was also, you know, a husband at one time, you know, and um, he was a father, you know, and I think that was another thing that was, you know, I think that hurt him a lot too, is the fact that you know he had you know a son that didn't survive and and then i think that his wife Maite, she was pregnant a second time and then that didn't happen either so but to does a he, lot did, of us did he have children though does he have children no no he right. tried twice with maite it's his first yes. wife and he i know that there's married- music he wrote about the death of of children right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and of course he was married again um and her name is Manuela Testolini. She's now married to the R&B singer uh, Eric Benet. But I don't, I don't know if they tried because they never, they never had any children during the time that they were together. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: yeah. And very prolific, like was uh, like always writing. I mean, I was shocked to learn. Nice segue here, Tim. That uh, Diamonds and Pearls was the thirteenth album he released. He oh, has,
2: yeah. a, he has a lot of music in the vaults, right? Yeah, a lot of music. They're saying it's like thousands. You know, thousands of of like songs. That some of them he mentioned in interviews that he did not finish. You know, and then there were some that he 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 thought you know they weren't good enough to release. So yeah, it's interesting.
0: It is, and I know fans in every fan community they bay for blood. They want those vaults released, and sometimes it's very underwhelming when they are. Tory, I've got to say, yeah. <laughs> I you wait years for a song that has a certain title, and then when you hear it, you go. Ugh. I wish they'd left that in the vault, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about um, Diamonds and Pearls. And the reason we're talking about it is because it's about due in October for a super re-release, which is super exciting. This was
2: 1991. Tori, how would you describe Diamonds and Pearls, the album? Well, Diamonds and Pearls, the album, actually, was a, a big shift from anything they had done before because it was an album that was more focused. It was a commercial pop album but it had a lot of hip hop influence to it. It was definitely more hip hop influence. And I, I know that Prince was at one time, he didn't really like rap and hip hop. And I, I think then when there was a shift from like the eighties, you know, going into the nineties where hip hop was kind of like taken over on the charts, he had to like sort of reinvent himself. And then that's when he actually, you know, formed a band called new power generation. And it was a more collaborative band too, because for the first time, there were musicians that he allowed to like play on most of the songs, whereas he always did everything himself. And then he had like hip hop dancers and he had a rapper by the name of Tony M, you know, who wrote on the mm-hmm. album as well. So it was a commercial success for him. Um, but he had just suffered like from like commercial failure with graffiti bridge in
0: 1990. And so can I yeah. pick up on that? Is that, is it true then because of that, uh, commercial failure, <clears throat> excuse my voice, gee, you can tell it's 6.30 over here. I didn't even have a hard <laughs> night. Um, let me just tap my chest there. Um, yeah, no is it true that the record company, and this might be one of the first intersections where he started to absolutely loathe, you know, record executives and companies, is it true that they were sort of pressuring him to to be more commercial?
2: Yes, there was, um, because he actually, um, I believe it was, you know, he, he had a successful run after Purple Rain, but it wasn't like he was selling, you know, the albums uh, at the amount that he was selling them. But he, they were still successful records like Sign of the Times um, and um, Around the World in the Day, but they weren't up to like Purple Rain standards. So what they did was Warner Brothers decided to, you know, reach out to him about, you know, doing the uh, Batman soundtrack, which actually put him back on top. Yeah. So yeah, so he did the soundtrack, and that was a most of big- his success was attached to movies too. Yeah, that was the,
0: he yeah. he hadn't had a number one, as I understand it.
2: Yeah, that's um, true.
0: at that stage of his career, that wasn't attached to a movie. That's true. That's
2: true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, but you I, can't what? hear the pressure in the product. Sometimes that happens. A lot of pressure, mm-hmm. <clears throat> then the product you can you can feel the rush. But this is a great album. How's it? Here is the thing, Tori. I was the very person in the community that they were trying to get to. They were trying to, in my opinion, make his music maybe a little bit less aggressive, more accessible, slightly more pop twang. So he got me. I wasn't. I liked Prince very much, but my hand was not up as a Prince fan until this came out. And when I heard the ones that, um, like diamonds and pearls and cream, I was on board. But is it true that some critics and even maybe some
2: fans saw it? It uh, saw this whole project as a bit of a sellout at the time. Yeah, a lot of fans. There were a lot of people that did think that you know, hey, this is not authentically him, you know. So mm, I think mm. when it came to having the rap artist a part of the band, and you know, a lot of the fans, they were so used to the experimental sound of Prince. So this was like you said, it was more commercial. And just and a fun fact for you to know is that after Graffiti Bridge, since it didn't do well in the states, I don't think it did well anywhere. But um, he he actually hired Michael Jackson's former manager. Um, I believe the guy's name was Frank Delalo. And he was behind like Thriller and Bad. And so Prince hired him when it was time to do the Diamonds and Pearls project. And then, of course, that's when Prince just sort of like blew up, you know, again, all over again. Like he was mm. all over the place on award shows, you know, Special Olympics, you know, television shows. I Yeah, there were people that actually didn't like it. You know, mm. that's like one of their least favorite albums. You know, they thought it was just too much. I've heard people say they thought it was a lot of filler on the album, but I actually love I love 90% of the album. You know, there's a, there's a couple songs on there that I, I'm like, okay, you know, like there's there's Jughead, which is kind of funny, <laughs> but, you know, I'm not really a big fan of it, you know. <laughs> now, that's interesting
0: you mentioned Jughead because mm-hmm. I think it's probably the, if you were to take a poll, it's probably the one that comes out at the bottom. Um, and he's recently, well, he hasn't, he's, his estate has released, uh, is it Alice Through the Looking Glass? Yes, which yeah. must be one of the the songs that were in the vaults recorded around this time and I've heard a lot of fans saying that they wish Jughead could be repl- should have been at the time replaced <laughs> with this one
2: because Alice yeah. Through the Looking Glass is fantastic. Yes, it is. It is. You know, but it, when I listen to it, I I don't I don't see where it fits because it's it's so different. To me it actually reminds me of The graffiti bridge era, right? Like it could have fit like next to like these in the temple or something. You know, it just seems a little different from Diamonds and Pearls era for me. But it's a great song. I love it. Get Off actually was released. I think it was released in May of 1991. And that song was not originally planned to be on the album for Diamonds and Pearls. Horny Pony was actually going to be the song in that place on the album. But because Get Off did so well. He decided to take uh, "Horny Pony" and put that as the uh, the B side to get off, and Horny put that on Pony.
0: Oh my yeah. god!
2: Yeah, I think every song has like a different feeling to it, you know. And and it's just an, to me, it's an eclectic, you know, mix of songs.
0: What yeah. stands out to me about Diamonds and Pearls is is the journey. Like he doesn't just shove all the great tracks up the front of the album, and then the rest is filler. True. Uh, I mean, first of all, I don't think there is filler on this album. Um, yeah, if you think there's filler on this album, I don't think you're concentrating. Some of, the, <laughs> some of the tracks take a bit of thought and concentration. You've got to give them a chance, basically, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're sort of you working through this album, and it's not all the hits and then the rest. Like, You've Got Money, Don't Matter Tonight comes sort of yeah. later in the album from memory. Uh, I, I think <clears throat> the order of the album is really interesting too because – Again, always say this. Listen to it from start to finish. Takes you on a journey.
2: Yes, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, "Insatiable" is a great R and B song. You know, it's. I remember. You know, like a lot of, it was really big on R and B radio here, and I I know a lot of the ladies in my family. They definitely love that record. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. He was very
0: sexual, uh, Mm -hmm. probably as an artist in general, but this album was very sexual, wasn't it?
2: yeah it was it was but he he had a way of kind of like sliding that you know that sexual you know like how he would he wrote songs it's kind of like sliding it you know through the like underneath the popcorn masses like it could be a naughty song but he kind of he's great at disguising it so yeah it was a lot of that very (laughs) playful right in in the way he does it and i think Mm -hmm. a lot of people miss that if
0: you look at i think it's get off is that the one where he's sort of talking about somebody that he's heard a rumor that she's not getting enough. Is that that one? Yeah. Yeah, Right. That's That's very, um, his, his use of words, is that, well, is that something that's celebrated in the fan community He's very clever with his words, right? Yeah.
2: Wordplay. Yeah. A lot of the fans love that, you know, love that about him. I think a lot of us now it's because of music and how much it's changed and how the artists are more straightforward and they'll say just anything Prince actually just had a way of, you know, like I said, disguising the, you know, the more taboo stuff with something we like, we got it. We knew what exactly what he was talking about, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what I loved about the wordplay, you know, when it came to Prince, he he knew how to write a song. Left field question. Mm -hmm. Why is
0: Get Off spelt with two T's? And what was his thing with numbers and symbols and... Like, it really bothers my sense of, you know, grammar.
2: <laughs> you know what? I'm not sure. And, I, you know, as a as a person that has followed his career for so long, I mean, I always thought it would I, – I know that you said it kind of annoys you. With me, I thought it was kind of cool. But I don't know. Like, I'm not sure why he – I know, like, the number seven was his favorite number. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know – a lot of us would call it Prince Ebonics. <laughs> Prince. Yeah, because it's just like whenever you saw that the way, like if you saw like I Would Die For You, you know, with the U, you know, we we knew that it was a Prince thing, you know. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, so he, I think he kind of started that. But I'm not sure exactly where he got that from. Cool. What can you tell us about Cream and the video for Cream? Oh, gosh. Um, and what the hell is it about? <laughs> I, well, I can tell you that. Well, the two ladies that were, you know, portrayed twins, they weren't actually twins. And, you know, they were for that project as Diamond and Pearl. That was their names, Diamond and Pearl. And so, um, yeah, I just don't. I can say Tina Landon if for people that know about the choreographers like Tina Landon, who worked famously with Janet Jackson. She was the one along with um, Jamie King. They actually choreographed, you know, they choreographed oh. that film, that, that okay. short film. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I don't know exactly. I, again, I think that's another sexual innuendo with Prince. I'd love to talk to the man who wouldn't right? but yeah. is it something about rising to the top?
0: Like cream rises to the top and, <laughs> and uh, is he, cause a lot of this music, the lyric, if you listen to the lyrics, there's a lot about sort of up yours to the critics and I'm at my peak and I'm at the top of my game. And I yeah. wonder if cream follows that theme, like cream rising to the top this is this is me at my best i don't know yeah. i mean and that's the thing about good music it makes you wonder it makes you think it's like art right and you're not meant to actually know it's what it means to you
2: yeah let's go with that yeah let's go but with that. Also, yeah and for those of you that don't know it was actually um partly shot at the union station in los angeles oh. california and i guess like the video it kind of and if you look at it in the it was like more of um 1930s i guess kind of vibe you know mm. But then he also kind of had it more contemporary. So Prince, he just always fused a lot of things together. So,
0: yeah. What do we know about this re-release? Um, it's called the uh, the, super yeah, the Super Deluxe or something yeah. like that, right? It's got a super name. Has it stirred up excitement in the community?
2: Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. The um, There's like seven different versions of it. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, there are seven different versions of it, yeah. And I believe the vinyl set has already sold out. That's what I was told wow for people that apparently people love to buy vinyl now again so um they do yeah on every different color possible (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure yeah yeah but the the, i think the great thing about this uh set is is that you have like the diamonds and pearls super deluxe edition which is 12 lps and it has a blu-ray and then i yeah it has a blu-ray as well and you know there's this really thick booklet that has a lot of photos in it and it kind of tells you about each member of the new power generation and I guess gives more like you know maybe some of the questions that you might have it might give more details as yeah. to, you know how this album the process and what certain things mean so yeah so that's one and then of course the one that i'm actually going to get um is the diamonds of pearl super deluxe edition which is um the well they're all the deluxe edition but this one's the seven cd with the blu-ray because i'm not a vinyl collector but i you know, I love the CDs and I want the concert. <laughs> That's yeah. what I love the most. I want to get more visuals. So So what the the concert will be on it, is that right? Yeah, yeah. But it's the not the Diamonds gonna, and Pearls tour. You no, it's actually not gonna be the Diamonds and Pearls tour. It's gonna be the um print and the new power generation live at Glam Slam. Ah. Yeah. Huh. So I'm not sure why they're not releasing the the tour, but it's live at Glam Slam and there's it's gonna basically It's got him performing all of the songs from um, the Diamonds and Pearls album. And I think the only old songs that he plays on it is 1999 and Baby I'm a Star.
0: I went and saw him, I think, three times when he came to Sydney in 92, I think it was, with the Diamonds and Pearls tour. And every night it was different. It was mind-blowing to me because I'd never seen that before. I thought I was going back to see the same thing, but nope, different set list. Um yeah. different flavor, different length of time. I'm mm-hmm. sure one time he lingered on that stage for hours more than he was meant to. It
2: was amazing. He was absolutely phenomenal live. Yeah, he was known to to do that. Like, um, I believe like the band would rehearse at least 150 songs. Wow. And they they never had it like they never had it planned. You know, it was just whatever Prince decided he wanted to do, like sometimes at the last minute.
0: This has been an awesome little walk down memory lane. This album meant a lot to me. I had it on high rotation in 92. I know it was released in late 91, I believe, but I yes. had it huge. And he was just everywhere. He was a hot commodity in 1992. I, I couldn't – is he still Prince? Do I have to call him the artist formerly known as <laughs> Prince? Did he ditch that?
2: What's the story there? Oh, he ditched that. Yeah, he ditched that a long time ago, back in That was something to do with just a contract dispute, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. He got his name back in like, um, the contract ended 1999 and it was early 2000. He actually threw a big party called the celebration. That was the very first one in 2000. I actually attended that one. And it was a wow. week long yeah, party and he was back to Prince. You know, and it was so. a week long party to celebrate the fact that he got his name back. Yeah. Yeah. And he, <sighs> he invited a lot of his friends. Um, Macy Gray was there mint condition. um, who else uh of course i uh, believe larry graham and graham central station i know there was a few of them that were back-to-back sheila e there was Nora jones um gosh it was so long ago i'm trying to remember but it was such a great time and yeah. he was so happy you know he was so happy That's he was true. a real
0: innovator i've got to ask a very quick question for all the madonna fans that tune into this podcast
2: what did you think of her tribute you know what? I'm a huge Madonna fan, and I actually was really excited when um, I heard that she was gonna do it. Um, I thought she did a I thought she did an okay job. I I mean, it's uh, considering like well, the song. <laughs> I I love the song, but I didn't really think it was more her style. But I'm so so in love with Madonna. Yeah. I she can't do any wrong for me. So a lot of people butchered it, and you know they said, oh, you know, well, she shouldn't have done it. But, you know, there was Madonna even said that she had reached out to like Wendy and Lisa and a few other current band members at the time, and everyone was still grieving. So she couldn't you know, have anyone to join her on stage except for Stevie Wonder.
0: Yeah. What was it on the uh, Like a Prayer album? It was um, Love Story,
2: no? Love Song.
0: Love, love Song. song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that track too. A lot of fans don't, but I, I love that one. It's so quirky. Um, yeah, look, yeah, I, I I think we're too harsh. Um, she came out and did a great tribute.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I probably, if I was advising her, I would have went, don't go for that track. Go for something, you know, that you could yeah. be more confident settling into. That's um, true. But nonetheless, it was fantastic that she
2: paid homage to to Prince. Um, yeah. Where can people find you, Mr. Tory? Well, um, I actually, I'm on Facebook. Uh, they can find me at Tory Sands, and it's spelled T-O-R-R-E-S-A-N-Z, like z- zebra. And also I'm on Twitch. I am a DJ, so I, I play a lot of Prince music. I have Prince, uh, Prince Knights. I also have Madonna Knights too, and it's actually twitch.tv forward slash we live, the number two, we live to get funky. Yeah, that's where you can find me.
0: I love it. I love it. I love the fact that there are other people out there trying to keep the era of the megastar and the true pop era alive. Thank you, Tori, for everything yeah. you do. How Thank exciting! You. October, roll on October, and let's get our hands on the deluxe edition. Lots of—I'm assuming. I don't think you mentioned, but lots of bonus tracks. I'm assuming as well, yes. right? That we haven't
2: heard. Yeah, there actually is. There's. Um, there's. Let's see here. There's actually three disc or three LPs um, that will have. Um, like unreleased music. So there's going to be stuff that there's going to be like an early mix of Insatiable. Like also like um, Live for Love. There's an early version there. There's Cream Take Two, Diamonds and Pearls. Take Two. What do you mean? It says Take Two, (laughs) so it must be a different take on it. Wow. Yeah, because he made. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, there's a there's also a longer version of um, Diamonds and Pearls. But then there's songs like um, Open Book, which is a fan favorite. Um, A lot of people don't have the, like the, the professional, like version of that. We have like the the demo or something. Right. Yep. 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 Also for the uh, Rosie gain fans, Prince wrote the song uh, my tender heart and he's got his version there. And then there's another song I wanted to um, just kind of shout out. And that's called, um, what is the song called? It's called tip of tip of the tongue. And it's, elder barge actually recorded the song and we've never heard prince's version of it and that's going to be in there too so vault one vault two and vault three and they all have like maybe 12 to yeah 13 <laughs> songs on each that, <laughs> sorry i didn't know vault one vault two vault three yeah yeah wow <laughs> yep so oh, it's the, worth
0: it. <laughs> fans have waited a long time you know to get their hands on some of this stuff so it is a really really exciting time and and For those of you listening and if you're a little bit more of a casual Prince fan, go back and listen to Diamonds and Pearls. It's so cool. I've been listening to it in preparation for this over the past few days and the memories it brought back, um, amazing. What a great piece of work. Hey, Tori Sands, I hope
2: you've had fun. Thank you. I have. I have. I would love to come on and talk to Madonna sometime.
0: <laughs> oh, you're very welcome to do that. Yeah. Do you know how many Madonna fa- Madonna fans are rabid? I can say <coughs> that because I'm one of them. They're rabid. And do you know what they say to me, Tori, when what? there's a Prince segment, for example, on the podcast? They go, can you just give us a timestamp so that we can skip the bullshit? And I'm, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. bro, okay. I'm so sorry that the whole hour and a half isn't Madonna, Madonna, Madonna.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome there's to come back, back and talk madonna there. whenever you want okay thank you so much i appreciate you i uh, thank you for even like you know just considering me to to ha- have this time with you to talk ah, about. it's been amazing
0: i've really enjoyed it you take care Tori. okay you take
2: care too all right, good day
0: well unfortunately it's now time for you to leave the fortress but i promise you you are welcome back anytime at all you and i are warriors for the age of the megastar. And quite frankly, there aren't many of us left. Next time, we're talking all things Madonna, and I would love to hear from you about that. Please don't just be a listener, be a participant. If you have thoughts or predictions about this celebration tour specifically, or what Madonna's up to these days in general, please pull out that phone audio recorder, speak from the heart just for a few minutes, and email it to me. Time to talk Australia at Outlook.com. So head off now, say some prayers for Jimmy Fallon. May he rest in peace. And try not to picture Barack Obama getting sucked off whilst doing crack cocaine in the back of a limousine. There is so much happening in the world of pop right now. And I truly can't wait to speak to you again.